Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to A Different Door. A Different Door is a different kind of worship experience here at Grace Avenue, where every week we gather together for conversation. And we try to have a conversation about the scriptures, about where God is calling us, and about the world, and where we find ourselves in the midst of it. Uh, My name is Christopher Vaughn. I'm one of the pastors here, and I'm joined today by Pastor Laura Bird um, and Carol Petritus, our modern pastoral um, intern. And we are um, beginning the Advent season. And we say that word a lot, Advent, and we say the word Advent season, but we don't often take a moment to just explain what that is. And so we wanted to start this morning with a simple question of what is Advent Mm -hmm. and why is it important? Well, for me, I think that Advent is, is waiting for Christ. Now, I have to say that this has changed significantly since I became a Methodist, because prior to that, I thought that Advent started when we saw Santa at the end of the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Um, but now I understand that quite differently. <laughs> I think of it quite differently, that it, it's waiting for Christ, not just um, waiting for Christ the baby, but there's also a couple of, of different ways that we wait and and look for Christ. Yeah, I find it really interesting the way the Christian year um, or the calendar celebrates Advent. Um, We're actually like counting down to the past. So we start in the future, which is today. We celebrate the coming of Christ, the second coming. And then we count down to Jesus's birthday. And I kind of like to think of it as back to the future. Yeah. Well, my uh, Benjamin, when he was four, he and I had a conversation about Jesus's birthday Um, because, right, I think that's one of the common misconceptions of Christmas, right, (laughs) is that, you know, Jesus was born on December 25th, um, and we don't actually know when Jesus was born. We celebrate not the birth of Christ Mm -hmm. at Christmas, but the incarnation the reminder that God came and dwelled among us, right, Emmanuel. Um, And so I told that to Benjamin when he was four, um, much to his mother's chagrin, and then he had a conversation with a church member in the back of a service during the Advent season, Um, and I I think he fundamentally shook them at their core um, because they had never heard that before. They were like, I always thought Jesus was born on December 25th. Um, And so I, I think, too, that reminder that at Advent we are preparing for that reminder of the incarnation. But Carol, I I like what you said there too. It's that reminder that Christ came, but Christ will come again, right? The word advent comes from the Latin, right? Adventus, meaning coming or visit. Um, And it begins this season for us where we are reminded of, again, the coming of Christ, both the coming that has happened, Mm -hmm. but the coming that will um, come again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think it's, it's, if we go deeper, and it's the becoming as well. Mm, I like that. That we are um, actively becoming and creating um, the world that is filled with the presence of Christ. Um, Starting now thinking about what does that world look like? What does it look like when the presence of Christ is so filled our world that it has changed our world into a new world, a new creation, a new heaven and a new earth? Um, and that started with Jesus incarnating, being wrapped in flesh and bone and becoming mm-hmm. human. And not just becoming human, but 
learning what it feels like to be an embodied creature. When we think about it, it we, we have really frail bodies. <laughs> I mean, I can't remember what I was doing the other day with my neck and I tweaked it and I was like, really God? Like, did you have to make us this frail? <laughs> yeah. And that's what he, he came to feel that and understand what that means. Well, I think too, right, Advent is about placing ourselves in someone else's shoes, right? We remember the longing of the Jews for a Messiah. And we remember our own longing for and need of forgiveness and salvation and a new beginning. And even as we look back and celebrate the birth of Jesus in a humble stable in Bethlehem, we also look forward, anticipating the second coming of Christ as that fulfillment of all that was promised by that first coming. And I think we are accustomed to, in our culture of celebrating Christmas as a single day, um, in uh, both the Christian tradition and on the church calendar, right? The Christian season lasts from sundown on December 24th, right? Christmas Eve, all the way through Epiphany of the Lord, right? Which typically happens sometime in January. Um, and, and this is sometimes referred to as the 12 days of Christmas, mm-hmm. which is where we get that fun song, right? Um, and so, you know, it's, it's interesting to of this reminder that at Advent, we are walking in the footsteps of those who came, and then looking forward in the same way. And that's what I like about this particular series that we're in the midst of, the the kaleidoscope effect of what we're looking at. Because as we enter this season of hopeful anticipation, leading up to this celebration of Jesus' birth, and the season of hopeful anticipation we call Advent, right? Um, We already know that Jesus is already born. We're not disillusioned by the fact, we know that Christ has been born. And Advent is meant to call us into another kind of hopeful anticipation as we await Christ's return and the coming of heaven here on earth. Um, The gospel stories of Jesus' birth and those sometimes apocalyptic images of the book of Revelation all depict different images of God, different images of the same heaven. And so when we look through a kaleidoscope, um, which I have a lot of in my house right now because I have a lot of small children, um, we see a pattern of reflected light, right, that creates an image. And every time we turn that kaleidoscope, we see the image change again and again and again. Same light, same mirrors, but different images. And as we enter this season of hopeful anticipation once again, we will turn those biblical stories, those very familiar stories to a lot of us over and over again. And my hope this season for all of us is that we might see God in heaven more fully as we anticipate the coming of Christ, right? That's the kaleidoscope effect. And that's really how we got into this conversation of really what is Advent anyway? Because so many of us, we know the words, we know the colors, right? We know the altar is going to have purple and maybe some blue on it. We know there's one pink candle. Um, we may not know why there's one pink candle in the midst of all of it. Um, but we've, we know, but we don't know. Um, we, we, we come, but do we come fully? And so as we you know, enter this season of hopeful anticipation once again, how do we enter more fully into the season so that when we do arrive at Christmas, we arrive changed in a different way? Mm. You know, I, I saw a Facebook post um, that Reverend Marcus Walmack had posted, and he put this image forward that really co- I really connected with. So he talked about how 
um, when we begin the season of Advent, it's like we're preparing for a child. And sometimes when you think about preparing for a child, for those of you that have had a a baby on the way, you think about all of these practical things like, oh, you know, I've got to put together the crib and I've got to paint the room. Just like in this season of Christmas, we often think, okay, I've got to get the tree up and I've got to get the decorations done and I've got to get the presents wrapped. And we focus on these practical things. But what you're really preparing for when a child is coming is to bring them into a world where they're going to be loved. And I thought about that in relation to Advent, that as we're really preparing this season, we're looking at it from a different angle, we're turning that kaleidoscope, maybe we prepare this season for the birth of Christ by making this world a more loving place. I think that's something, Laura, that that you were talking about, is preparing the world. So what, as I ask myself, what are the things that we can do this season? I start to think of what would make this world a more hopeful place? How can I I be more loving towards others? How can I make that my focus this year instead of the tree, the presents, all of the practical little pieces? Yeah, I love that example of how do you prepare for a child to come? Because really, no preparation prepares you. And... Once you bring a child into your home, your life has changed dramatically. Um, sometimes it's simple things that change. Sometimes it's um, large things that change. But when a child comes into your home, it changes the dynamic of your relationship with your spouse. Um, it changes uh, whether or not your rest patterns, for sure. Um, and, and, and as we think about that change, yes, we should prepare the world in a loving way. I like that. We also know that our lives have to change in some way. And so that, that is, I think, the, putting those two pieces together. Our lives have to change in a dramatic way as Christ enters once again. We also have to prepare the world in a loving way for that entrance. I, I like that juxtaposition. I, I was just thinking as we were all speaking, um, you know, we're talking about knowing about Advent and knowing about the colors and stuff like that. And, and I know there are some people out there that, that don't know about what Advent means. And the reason I say that is because I was one of them. I grew up in a Baptist church and I had never heard the word Advent until I came to a Presbyterian church and then a Methodist church. And um, so I was very unfamiliar with the candles and the meaning of all of it, it was all very confusing and and seemed a little ritualistic to me. And so I like coming back to um, what does this mean when we say all these words, Advent, coming, preparation, prepare the way of the Lord, um, that we're really counting down to the past. And so I just, I think uh, if you're you're out there and, and you've never heard of Advent or, or don't know what we're talking about, you, you're in good company. <laughs> I think it's, it's something that not everyone does know. And so I'm glad we're doing this. Yeah. Well, and so let's break it down a little bit, right? Why do we have purple uh, on our altar today? Um, and part of it is the color purple for the church in church, church tradition um, signifies penitence and royalty. It's a reminder of the coming of the king. Uh, In recent years, you start to see a little bit more blue in certain altars. Um, Blue has become a very popular Advent color. Um, And that's because blue is the symbol for hope. 
It's that color of hope. It's that reminder of the hope that is to come. Um, You'll also even see now in some Advent wreaths in certain churches, uh, we don't have it, but the candle that we lit today, the candle of hope, is often a blue candle now. Mm. Um, Because again, it is the color of hope. Um, And Advent uh, began, the idea of Advent, at least we think, began in the fourth century. So relatively new, uh, you know, in, in that time period. Um, but in various times and locations of the church, it has been observed in different periods. There have been churches that observed it three weeks before Christmas and four weeks and six weeks leading into Christmas. Um, some churches today um, are experimenting with incorporating Advent themes and symbols into worship during the weeks prior to the start of actual Advent um, because they're trying to avoid that conflict of Advent versus Christmas observance um, during the immediate weeks prior to Christmas. Um, but the, the overall reminder is this is the preparation for the coming. It is the preparation for the coming of Christ, the coming of the Messiah to the Jews, the coming of Jesus into the world at Bethlehem, the second coming of Jesus in final victory, and the continual coming of Jesus into the hearts and lives of believers. It is a time of penitence and fasting um, for the serious reading of scripture, for hearing and proclaiming the word and sermon and song, for waiting and for longing for the Messiah's coming. And so we we have different symbols that we often place around the church and in our homes to remind us of all of that. Um, The Christmas tree, right, Um, with all of its glory. Um, The Jesse tree. Um, Advent calendars. Trumpets for Isaiah. The the Star of Jacob, right, fleur-de-lis. And modern innovations includes the use of an Advent wreath with those four candles and themes um, around hope and peace and joy and love. Um, John and Elizabeth, Joseph and Mary, um, or some other pattern, right? Um, and so it's, it's interesting, I think, to think about this season of preparation, um, which I grew up with, so it's, it's familiar to me, but might not be familiar to other people. Um, but I think it's really important because if we just arrive at Christmas, then we have missed the journey. Mm-hmm. And if we miss the journey, then we miss an important piece, What was it like for the Jews to long for a Messiah? What has it been like in our own lives when we were at our deepest, darkest, hurt, shattered selves to long for the Messiah? Um, And how do we continue then to prepare the way? I think that's why it's important. It's that reminder that we walk in the footsteps of those who came before, but we also look towards the future. So I have a question. Why do we like candles though? Um, that is a great question. Um, part of it is symbolism. The United Methodist Church loves our methodical practices, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I know there's some old stories of, um, I think it was John Wickern, right, who was a Protestant pastor in Germany who um, was trying to help children really understand the concept of Advent and preparing. And um, he may have been the first one to introduce candles, mm. right? Um, and he made like a little ring of wood, right? Um, which is why we still make a ring um, with our Advent wreaths. Um, but it is uh, that reminder. Um, we light a candle every week. Um, and that reminder of Christ's presence with us 
That's why we light that candle. The light of Christ is present in the midst of our service, and we light a physical candle as a representation of that light. In the same way, when we light the Advent wreath and we do the liturgy, which the Riggenbergs did for us today, it is that reminder that there is symbolism in the midst of everything that is going on. Light will always shine in the midst of darkness. And so we light a candle of hope to be reminded that hope shines even in the darkest places. We write a candle of peace to be reminded of the Prince of Peace, the King of Peace who came and offered us a new way of living in the world that shines in the darkness. We were reminded of the joy that the coming of Christ offered to those who were living in the first century, as, um, but also for us here today. Um, and we light the candle of love as a reminder of the loving sacrifice that was offered to us by Christ. And then when we come to Christmas and we light the candle of Christ, that final candle in the midst of it, we were reminded once again of the incarnation and of how the light truly shines in the midst of the darkness. Um, so it's, it's symbolism, it's a reminder, um, but I think it's important symbolism as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's interesting in the modern worship expression in America um, and some in Europe too that um, some rituals are being reclaimed in a new way, in a, in a modern way, um, because I think we went so far um, in the Christian church trying to be non-traditional that sometimes we forgot some of these rituals that are, are really important and ground us to the season of life. And so, so these modern expressions of worship have been um, taking these rituals and trying to understand the symbolism in a way that maybe we weren't explaining it very well before. We just assumed everybody knew. Mm-hmm. And I think it brings new life to what Advent really means. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that there's a definite connection in lighting the candle together and watching that wreath every week get filled out by all of the different lights. And it's something that we experience as a congregation together. And I think it's an important reminder of the connection that we have to others in this season as well, as we work through those, those rituals and we observe the symbolism. Um, I like that it brings us closer into community together as well. Absolutely. All right. Final thoughts today on Advent and the season. Well, I just, I love the symbolism of light, um, especially for the coming of Christ. Um, it's, it's so powerful because we live in a world of duality where we think of things being either red or blue, black or white, win or lose. That's how we categorize the world. So we think darkness and light. But one of the things I love in Richard Rohr's book, The Universal Christ, is he talks about how even in the complete darkness, what our, what our eye sees as absolute pitch black darkness, there's still light within it. We cannot see the light, but it is there that we're never truly in complete darkness. And I think that's such a great lesson to remember as we prepare, as we light each candle, that we are fighting against this um, this darkness within ourselves, um, within the world. And, uh, that's part of the coming of Christ. Yeah. I think as I sit here on this first Sunday of Advent, I am focused on what I am going to focus on this season and how important it is 
to be a light in the world personally and to observe the things that really matter and to think about how we can love, how we can be more generous, how we can be in community with each other during this season. Yeah. I think there's a reason that the Charlie Brown Christmas movie still gets played every year. Um, And it's because we haven't learned our lesson yet. Charlie Brown spends the whole time saying, Christmas is just too commercial. Christmas is just too commercial. And in the end of it, ends up screaming to the heavens, does anyone know what Christmas really is all about? And it is Linus who comes forward and says, oh, no, I know what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. Um, And I think in Advent, as we prepare for the waiting and the longing of the Messiah, as we step into those footsteps of those who have come before, um, so often we let Christmas intrude. Christmas comes in in blinding glory. um, And we lose the richness and the benefit of experiencing the promise and the longing and the hope and the expectation of Advent. The world, television, shopping malls have all done all they can to convince us that Advent doesn't matter, that it has no place in our culture. And um, a lot of people have come to accept that for our churches. You both grew up in churches that didn't celebrate Advent, (laughs) right? Um, But our faith teaches us something very different. And so as we come into the season of Advent, not the season of Christmas, we are reminded once again of the, the longing and the hope that was to come both the longing that the the Jews had for a Messiah and the longing that we have as Christ's people for Christ to come once again. And so um, my encouragement to all of us this season is let us renew our hope and our commitment to making the kingdom of God here on earth. Uh, As Methodists, as United Methodists, we are um, all about social justice. That's always been the core of our faith. And my, my favorite story about John Wesley, um, who wrote so much of the theology that we still use today, is that um, there was a, a young woman walking down the streets of London, and it was the cold, blustering day. And there was uh, snow coming down, and there was this old man, had to be in his 80s, going door to door, and he was knocking on doors, and people were handing him things, and she said, well, well, what are you doing? And he said, it's cold, I need to get blankets for the homeless. And that was 88-year-old John Wesley, um, living out his faith, trying to care for people, um, and that is the reminder of us at Christmas. We want to make the world a more loving place as we prepare for the Messiah. And as we allow Christ into our hearts once again during this season of preparation, we live into love in a new way. Um, So as always, thank you for joining A Different Door. We'll see you again soon.